Well, hello everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Flash Podcast, your podcast for the upcoming TV show, The Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Dr. Barry Allen slash The Flash, brought to you by the creators of Arrow, coming to you at, on a television screen near you in 2014, this fall. I'm your host, Andy B, as usual, and with me this week is a special host, he's the He's one of the guys who runs the amazing Firestorm website, Firestorm Firestormfam.com. And he's Shaq Matthews. Shaq, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. I appreciate you having me here. Well, thank you for coming on to talk about our um, our latest character spotlight this week. This week, we're going to talk about... We're not going to talk about a Flash character, to be honest, but we're going to talk about a character who's going to be on the Flash, which is Caitlin Snow, a.k.a. the fourth version of Killer Frost. I, thought, <laughs> I, I, I was about to say the third one, but I'm, I'm like, there are four, there are four, remember that. But before we get to the character spotlight, I, I want to do a special shout out to a couple of guys um, from a, a great podcast called The Realmcast. Uh, you can find that podcast at therealmcast.com. They were nice enough recently to and uh, not just give me two shout outs in one of the same episode, but they also they've also been helping me a lot with uh, building up my, my followership and my like, and my, you know, the liking, if that's a word, on Facebook, <laughs> and like they've been really supportive. At liking, it's, it's 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 a verb nowadays. Don't worry. <laughs> well, if it wasn't before, I just cre- created at them, and um, <laughs> you you heard it first here on the Flash Podcast. And um, yeah, they they've been helping me so much for the past few weeks since I launched the website and so on. So I would like to thank the guys over at realmcast.com, and hopefully, you know, we we may do a crossover too at some point but yeah make sure to head over to the realmcast the realmcast.com and you can find them on facebook and twitter and so on and make sure to let them know that i sent you i think they will be they will be really happy about it so guys thank you so much for for those shout outs and the and the help looking forward to working with you later in the future but yeah this week we don't have any flash news the only thing that i can really give you about in terms of updates is uh we just had our interview with jason spicek uh, the voice of Wally West from Junk Justice. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched that show, Shag. I've seen a few episodes. I've, for whatever reason, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of it, but every episode I saw was just totally engaging. Good stuff. Yeah, and, and apparently the first season now is now available on Netflix. And if you guys haven't seen the show, I encourage you to get a Netflix account and watch that show because it is one of the most amazing animated shows ever. And Cartoon Network, I still hate you for canceling it. <laughs> I'm like looking at you with my dark eyes. <laughs> you would not like me with dark eyes. Hey, it sounds scary. It sounds scary to me. I'm mm-hmm. afraid. Yeah, the, <laughs> the room just got cold, and it's not because I opened a window. And um, <laughs> <that> was... <laughs> it's because Killer Frost is here. That's why. Ooh, that's good. That's a good point. And good um, yeah, um, but yeah, the, you know, the cast of the Flash um, was recently seen. It's um, today we're recording on. Um, Mar- uh, the, la- the, the last day of March, actually, and they are actually they were actually um, visiting the the DC Comics headquarters, getting some Flash gear or whatever. I I'm sure they have bags of DC Comics stuff right now, um, uh, in their tra- in their home or so whatever after that visit. But um, but yeah, great so photo. Was it, was it the actors or the cast or the, oh, I mean or the crew or who was there? It was uh, Grant Gustin who plays Barry Allen and mm-hmm. Candice Patton who's going to be playing Iris West. Daniel Panabaker, who's going to be playing Kaylin Snow, and Rick Cus- and Rick Cousinet, who's going to be playing Eddie Fon. They were all at the DC Comics headquarters, I assume, with Jeff Johns because they kept tagging him. Um, <laughs> Je- and I'm just saying, Jeff, Mr. Johns, if you if you're listening to this podcast, if you were if you if you would like to fly me out 
to um, the DC Comics headquarters, I would love to because that place just looks awesome. Um, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, look I think at a lot of place. people. I think a lot of people would like that opportunity. Yeah, well, they need, they need to get in line because I want to go there first. But, um, <laughs> geez, and um, but yeah, those no, no, not, not a lot of flash news, sadly. But hey, it, we are still in. You know, we're about to hit April, so we may actually start to get some stuff. You know, we're getting closer to upfronts. I got a question. Forgive me. I don't know. Maybe you've already announced this on your show. Have you mentioned when the Flash characters will appear on Arrow coming up? Uh, we talked about it um, two, uh, a few weeks ago, but, but hey, oh, I, I can... No, but it's all right. It's a, it's a good... Also, to um, remind the listeners, um, them, as you know, Caitlin Snow and um, Cisco Ramon will be appearing... Uh, on Arrow this season, they will be appearing in episode 19, which is not next week because next week the show is on a hiatus again, but the week after. So on April 16th, 8th episode on, on CW, uh, Wednesday, of course, that's when you will get to see them for the first time on on Arrow. And uh, Starlight is going to get introduced, and um, you, you will get to see Daniel Panamaker as uh, Caitlin, and you will get to see as Carlos Valdez as Cisco Ramon. And it's going to be a great episode. And uh, the official description is now up on greenairtv.com. Sally, it doesn't mention them at all. So I guess huh. I guess they're keeping a lot of the details under wraps. Because it, it could be big. And because if you're bringing Star Labs in, yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a mystery. I, I have no idea. But uh, if you want to read the description, you can head over to greenairtv.com. And it's the same guy who runs uh, Craig Byrne, who runs the uh, FlashTVNews.com, runs also Green, also runs Green Air TV. So great guy, and great coverage. So make sure to head over there and check out for all your latest news and information about Arrow. Yeah, I guess with with that said, let's talk about Caitlin Snow. And I'm actually gonna be, I'm not gonna be talking that much in this episode, guys. What a relief! And um, <laughs> uh, because I don't have no idea who Caitlin Snow is. I've done some research, but. That's why I brought Shagon because he does the Firestone website and also the Firestone fan podcast, the Fire and Water podcast, as I learned today. That's why I couldn't find it. I, I was searching for the Firestone podcast on iTunes, but it's, it's, it is it's the Fire and Water podcast. But uh, we will remind you later on, at the end of the show. But okay, Shag, tell us who is Caitlin Snow? All right. Well, uh, Caitlin Snow is the latest in a long line of characters to play or to, to become Killer Frost. Now, when I say this, I'm speaking specifically of the DC Comics, not talking about what happens in the TV show. It's a safe assumption that she'll become Killer Frost on the TV show at some point. However, we don't know that for a fact at this point. So everything I share is going to be strictly based on the comic books for the most part. So Caitlin uh, Snow, she's actually a fairly – Caitlin Snow herself is a fairly new character. She only uh, came out, gosh, uh, six, eight months ago, honestly. That's how recent she is. Wow. She, yeah. Um, she appeared in name in an issue that came out in September of 2013. She came out in Justice League of America number 7.2, sort of a ridiculous numbering, uh, <laughs> 7.2 Killer Frost. It was during this big Villains Month thing they did in DC Comics where – all their vil- all their comics were repurposed as villains issues. So Justice League of America got rebranded as a Killer Frost comic. Anyway, that was Kil- that was Caitlin Snow's first appearance. Technically, you you could argue she appeared a few months before in Firestorm as Killer Frost, but at that point she hadn't been named as Killer uh, as Caitlin Snow. We didn't know anything about her. She didn't seem that distinguishable from any of the previous Killer Frost. She just was pretty generic. So 
far as I'm concerned, Caitlin's first appearance was in September in Justice League of America. Now, I will talk about the other Killer Frost. Just to give you an idea, though, the big picture is Killer Frost as a character has been around for 36 years. She first premiered in 1978, so she's been around a long time. But as you mentioned, Caitlin's the fourth version of this character. So let, let's, let's go over her history a little bit. Caitlin, um, in the comic books, is a young, young woman uh, who she's, she's been tagged, and this is a quote from the comic, as the youngest and brightest scientist Star Labs ever recruited. She's a brilliant scientist, and her specialty is in um, thermodynamics. So she is shipped in the story. She, she gets out of college. She is shipped off to a special research facility in the Arctic. It's called Star Labs Outpost Number 72, for anybody who's keeping notes at home. There'll be a quiz later. <laughs> and she is asked to come onto a project that has been uh, sort of stalled halfway through. They're building a device, in a big long name, self-sustaining thermodynamic ultraconductor engine. Essentially, it's supposed to be a perpetual energy machine. That's the idea behind it. And she is brought on to work on this project that is was not completed. The, apparently, the person who worked on it previously committed suicide. We find out that's not really true. She was killed. Um, anyway, she comes in to work on the project. This girl is a genius. She figures out all the problems with the project. She gets it up and running very quickly. Well, turns out all her fellow scientists are working for a bad guy group called Hive. They don't want the project completed. So they try to kill her. They put her inside the engine. At the same time, she's ripping and she's trying to frantically survive as, as they're locking her inside the thermodynamic machine. They're expecting her to die in the room with all the stuff. So she's frantically trying to reprogram the system. She's yanking out cooling, coolant system pipes. And all this stuff combines, as it tends to do in comic books. And wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. She suddenly now has cold and ice powers. She's essentially either made of ice or coated in ice. We're not really sure which. And she's able to shoot blasts of cold. She can shoot blasts of ice. She can actually shape things like she, she could shoot like ice daggers. She can make a, a defensive wall out of ice. And the, the sort of unique thing about her versus other just kind of generic cold characters, because comic books are full of characters that can shoot cold. It's just, they're a dime a dozen. Mr. Freeze, you know, Captain Cold, Iceman, they're everywhere. The thing that makes her a little bit different is she is what's called a heat vampire. Sort of like a, a, a the, the gist of it is she has to have heat in order to survive. Whereas other characters that are cold tend to like to stay cold. Like Mr. Freeze, if you warm him up, he'll die. Her case, the more heat she can get, the happier she is. So she absorbs heat either through, you know, the sun or through equipment. One of her preferred methods of absorbing heat is by touching a human being and sucking the heat out of them, essentially killing them, freezing them to death. Uh, so it's a bit of a sick sort of creepy thing she does. And she's driven by this hunger for heat. So it's sort of driven her nuts. So when she does feed whether it be on you know, heat from a person or heat from something else, she sort of gets her sanity back a little bit. She's, she's a little more well put together. She's still covered in ice or, or made of ice. We don't know which. Um, but she kind of has her brains together a little bit. And, she's, and what she's trying to do during those moments is she's trying to solve how to become human again. She want, desperately wants to be human. So while she's kind of got her faculty, she's trying to figure that out. Well, eventually through a series of events, she ran into this character called Firestorm. Firestorm the Nuclear Man. Firestorm has the ability to generate a tremendous amount of heat as well as a bunch of other powers. Well, she found out that she really liked taking heat off Firestorm. He would blast her, and she actually turned human for a brief moment and then very quickly reverted back to her ice form. Well, she found she discovered at that point that, that's, that, that, was, her, that was her ticket. That was her meal ticket. If she's going to figure out how to get human again, she needed to use Firestorm. 
So she finds situations to conti- continuously battle Firestorm, and they fight each other from time to time, as supervillains and superheroes tend to do. And in the end, um, you know, he would end up defeating her. Well, recently, if you if you follow comics at all, you may have heard of this. Have you, are you reading Forever Evil or any current DC comics right now? Oh, I've been plotting behind my comics, but you can go ahead and spoil me. I think it, you know, it's necessary for me to at least hear the information, but you, you can keep the spoilers um, at a stable level so people yeah. who want to go back and read it uh, doesn't get spoiled by this episode. Sure thing. Um, just know with Forever Evil, uh, and this is not a spoiler, this is all over, you can't miss this part, the villains are in charge. The villains have taken control of the world. I had, a, fe- the I had a feeling about it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what... <laughs> There, there's no spoilers in that statement. That happens right away. It's already happened by the time issue one starts. So, um, and something that's this part only blank has happened to Firestorm. He's out of the picture now, and Killer Frost is upset about this. So rather than sort of joining the villains, she has now found herself in sort of a situation where she's helping some heroes because not because she's trying to do the right thing, but because she wants to get to Firestorm. She wants to get Firestorm's heat. She wants to get the energy from him, become human again. So she's helping the good guys for her own selfish reasons. Um, they, don't, they, they don't know about it. What's that? They have no idea that she's out of her own agenda. Oh, they absolutely know she is. Okay. They, yeah, they know she's bad news all the way through. But they need each other's help. It's one of those situations where you make a deal with the devil because you both need to reach the same objective. So that's what's going on right now in the comics. So she is actually helping the good guys, which makes sort of interesting and also makes me wonder more about the Flash TV series as we go along if she's helping the good guys right now. So again, uh, we talked about her powers. We talked about her first appearances. Um, If you're interested in learning more about her, uh, the best thing I could recommend was, again, that comic Justice League of America 7.2, Killer Frost. It's a long title. Sorry about that. If you go out to FirestormFan.com and look up Killer Frost, you can find more details on it there. Uh, it was it was released in September 2013 as part of the Villains Month. I'm sure your local comic shop will have copies of this. Or if you're, if you're a digital reader, you go to Comixology, you can find it. Uh, that tells you the whole origin of Caitlin Snow. It's a really good one-and-done issue written by Sterling Gates. He's an exceptional writer. He also happens to write the Vibe comic, which is um, Cisco. That you're just talking about it's gonna be on the Flash show, yeah. so he writes that comic as well. Very good writer, so I'd recommend that issue. Um, there's some issues of the Fury of Firestorm that she appeared in. She appears also in prominently in Forever Evil Argus, which is a six-issue miniseries, which is where she's helping the good guys right now. So those are some rec- places I'd recommend you um, check her out. Now, that's that's Caitlin Snow. I, I just want to give a moment or two background on Killer Frost as a whole. As I said, the character's been around for 36 years. Yeah. So. Huge history there. And honestly, even though there's a bunch of different versions of Killer Frost, they're really not that different from each other. Um, The very first Killer Frost, similar situation, brilliant scientist, a little bit different scenario. She got locked in. She was building a giant thermofrost chamber, like a freezing chamber. She got locked in there uh, and became Killer Frost. But again, same powers, still made of of ice, still absorbs heat. Uh, so, you know, still sucks the heat out of people. All that's the same. So she's not really that different than Caitlin Snow. And then that, that, that Killer Frost, and cleverly, you know, Caitlin Snow with the last name Snow, sort of clever there, being an ice power. Well, the original Killer Frost, her name was Crystal Frost. So they, they like that cutesy naming scheme, I guess. So. <laughs> so that was a Killer Frost from 1978 to 1985. Then she died. And then she was immediately replaced by a new Killer Frost. Another na- lady named Louise Lincoln. 
she basically she was friends with the original Killer Frost. She felt bad that her friend died, so she repeated the same experiment the first Killer Frost did and became Killer Frost. And she was literally indistinguishable from the first Killer Frost. They were identical. They talked the same, they acted the same, they looked the same, everything about them was the same. So the first two were indistinguishable. The, the third Killer Frost honestly isn't even really a Killer Frost. Um, in 2011, there were, when they rebooted the DC Universe, they made the new 52. They started everything over. Firestorm started over, so they had to introduce Killer Frost. So the writers at the time had a plan to introduce Killer Frost. It was going to be a woman by the name of Lauren Frontier. Frontier. Um, she did appear. She did get transformed into ice, and she was never seen again. And those writers left the book. So that storyline got dropped, never developed. So while she was on a track to become Killer Frost, she never really did become Killer Frost. So in a sense, Caitlin Snow's really the third one, not the fourth one, but it, you, you can it's splitting hairs really at that point. So was Caitlin Snow basically, was she like the new um, idea they had for Killer Frost when, when Lauren didn't work out? Yes, I think that's exactly what happened. The Lauren idea got dropped, and the new writers came on board. Uh, Dan Jurgens added Killer Frost to the Firestorm comic book as the writer and artist. Then he didn't really get a chance to develop her, though. All she really did was Killer Frost appeared. She fought Firestorm a couple times. Didn't really get much of a spotlight. Didn't learn anything about her other than she was trying to kill him. Then came that Justice League comic I mentioned by Sterling Gates, where you find out her name's Caitlin Snow. You find out her whole background, everything about her. And... Being this is part of the New 52, back in 2011, they rebooted the DC Universe completely. So the previous Killer Frosts, while those comics were published back in the 70s and 80s, those stories, as far as the New 52 Universe exists, never happened. So as far as the New 52 Universe is considered, Caitlin Frost is the only Killer Frost there's ever been. I'm sorry, Caitlin Snow, sorry. And all, the, all the Frost, Snow, it all gets confusing. Oh, no, hey, it's all right. The fact that you can remember <laughs> all of this... Is fascinating it's like when you have so many of them. Yeah, well, Wikipedia was a big help getting ready for this podcast. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but so, Caitlin's, so as far as the new 52 is considered, you know, Caitlin Snow's the first Killer Frost ever in this world. So um, now you may have heard of Killer Frost from a few other places outside of the, you know, well, in, I'm sorry, um, in the comic book world, she's had uh, it's Killer Frost, that is. Not necessarily Caitlin Snow, but Killer Frost in the last 36 years has appeared in a bunch of places. She was a member of the Secret Society of Supervillains. She was a member of the Injustice League, a member of the Suicide Squad. She was one of the members of the Black Lantern Corps, if you read those stories. Then, if you step outside of comics, the character of Killer Frost, regardless of who she was, they, know, they didn't really make a big deal about who she was. She did make appearances, though, in several cartoons. She appeared in the Justice League Unlimited cartoon several yeah. times. Yeah. She, she appeared in the Batman Brave and the Bold cartoon a few times. She even appeared in Young Justice. Yeah, and that's... I, I'm actually looking at Wikipedia right now, and they actually say that, that that was a Crystal Frost version. In Batman Brave and the Bold, it probably was. No, I, 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 mean, I mean in Young Justice. In Young Justice, it was Crystal Frost. And hmm. Maybe they said her name. Maybe they said her name in the prison scene. It That, that cartoon did come out before um, Caitlin Snow was created. Yeah. So that, that would explain that. Um, Brave and the now, Bold but, says that it was Louis Lincoln. Oh, was it really? Okay, but it yeah. was. Uh, but the funny thing is that the the, Gen- the Jennifer Hale, who voiced Killer Frost in Justice League, uh-huh. Justice League Unlimited, uh, she also did um, the voice uh, for Louis Lincoln on Batman yeah. Brave and the Bold. Well, like I said, 
pretty much all the Killer Frosts are indistinguishable. They're just, it's a girl with cold powers whose who's agenda is to stop, you know, to suck power out of Firestorm and kill a bunch of people. It's, they're, <laughs> they're all very similar. Caitlin Snow's really uh, the first one to show any real differences. Um, now, she's still got the whole primarily, you know, cold, heat, all that business. But, you know, as far as she goes into the scientific mode when she's quote-unquote fed, that's a little different. Um, now, currently, a lot of people, a lot of kids, actually, are getting exposed to Killer Frost right now in the very popular video game, Injustice. It's a, it's a fighting yeah, game. Yeah, I, I have it. Okay. Killer Frost is in there. So even like, I, I, have, I have two children, by the way, for those of you at home or who care. Uh, <laughs> one's a 14-year-old boy. And what, the, what do 14-year-old boys love? Video games. So he loves the Injustice video game. So all the time, he likes he, just to make me mad, he likes to beat up Killer Frost with some other character just to pick on me. But yeah, Killer Frost is in that video game, so a lot of people know her. And in fact, that has actually led a lot of young ladies to cosplay Killer Frost at conventions. So Killer Frost is sort of in the mindset of fans, so, but the specific identity of Caitlin Snow is sort of new to everybody. Yeah, and um, I remember actually playing against uh, Killer Frost in DC Universe Online. She's, uh, she's a, she's um, not she's only she's on, not only just um, a regular boss in um, in Gotham, but she's also a, a raid boss. Yeah. Okay. And and she, oh, she's she was one of the most challenging villains I had to go up against every time when we were doing raids or if we were doing group missions or something like that. That was against her. Oh, that's the DC. On- oh, that's DC Online. You're saying okay, so that's different from Injustice. Look at that. Okay. Yeah. See, she's everywhere. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. She's. I think that she's slowly like, she's not at. Le- I don't think she's. She is at the level of Captain Cold or whatever. If we if we're comparing, you know, ice villains. Mm-hmm. But they're using her, and I think that's a good thing. I think part of the reason you're they're using her, um, quite honestly, is to show some diversity. I mean, there's there's a male supervillains I mean there's so many you could trip over them DC's lousy with them they're everywhere um, whereas female villains there's not a lot of really powerful well developed female villains in DC I'm not saying there's not them. they're certainly out there Cheetah things like that are great but there's not a ton of them so finding an opportunity to put a female character especially in like the TV show that's a good idea um, now you and I pull back the curtain a bit. Just before we started air, get on, went on the air, we were talking about you. You had asked me why did they cast her? I think was no, your question is that right? Question, no, my question was not why they cast her because here, here's me. I think Daniel Pennant because it's a phenomenal actor, mm-hmm. I, and I think the re, what I said was why did they add that character oh, to that right, show? Right. Uh, and um, but before we get to that, I have a few questions that I want to ask about Caitlin before we get oh, to the show. Um, yeah, what did you think was one of her most interesting arcs in the comics, so as far as you've read her. Well, she literally is so new, she's only really appeared in a few places. So, um, probably, again, that Justice League... Sorry to repeat, I'm repeating myself here, but that, really, that's all she's appeared in, would be the Justice League comic, uh, a couple issues of Firestorm, which I liked the issues as a whole, but they weren't that is- interesting for Killer Frost. So I would recommend the Justice League comic and Forever Evil Argus. Really, are really the only two places she's had any story development. Oh, and because I think that the Felicity Smoke fans would kill me if I didn't ask, is Felicity Smoke in the Firestorm comics? Not anymore, but she was in the 80s. Absolutely. Well, well there you go, listeners. I asked him. 
<laughs> because you... I I actually got three people emailing at me. You um um some people knew that I was doing a Cave in Snow episode, and they said you if if this host is, is knows about Firestorm, you need to ask him about Felicity Smoke. And I'm like. I don't think she's in the comics, and they're like, just ask him. I'm like, Fine. oh, she is. Oh, yeah. I'll give you the quick. I'll give you a real quick history on that. Essentially, she appeared in the um, early early '80s. Firestorm has the ability to transmute things. He can turn one object into another. Mm-hmm. And in order to stop some villains, he created um, some magnets to stop this guy who made a metal suit. Well, it turns out he did this on the roof of a software company, and it erased all their data. And so she got, she was the CEO, of the, or maybe the, I don't, I think she was the CEO of the company at the time. So she actually sued Firestorm for erasing all their data. Meanwhile, for, and she started dating Firestorm's father in uh, his, his civilian identity. Firestorm's two people, Ronnie Raymond and Professor Martin Stein. So she started dating Ronnie Raymond's dad. So here he is having to deal with her as his dad's girlfriend, eventually stepmother. And at the same time, she's suing his superhero personality. Made for very good drama. Very good drama. And um, she was a tough lady. She was a very strong female character. She was a computer genius. Um, and she was, she was interesting. Now, eventually, she, she dropped the suit. She found out Ronnie was Firestorm. She, her, him and his dad got married. And she stayed on as a supporting character, more as in the stepmother role than the computer scientist role. Uh, and then by the probably the late 80s, she kind of disappeared altogether. She had one or two appearances after that. And that was it. So when they announced her casting for Arrow, it was a whole big Scooby-Doo for the moment. You know, what is that about? And so now this, have, I have to ask be, you this. Well, hold on. No, no. This is okay. the perfect segue. This is the perfect. I got to go. Right. This is the perfect segue to answer your other question. Someone working on the Arrow show is got to be a Firestorm fan. To dig Felicity Smoke out of nowhere, they have to be. They've got to be a Firestorm fan. Which would then lead to those same people being involved with the Flash show, why they cast Caitlin Snow. I think those two things are very connected. I think the reason the well, they said that the reason why they added Flitzy and Smoke was because they were looking for an IT, you know, an IT person from the comic sure. books. And you know, she was only supposed to have like a few lines and in, in in a few scenes in that episode. That was supposed to be it. But then because of how amazing Emily Ricard is as an actress of what she did with that role. People wanted more of her, and then we got more of her, and now she's a, one of the most popular characters um, of the te- of the television show. Oh yeah. I, is is there a part of you that is still hoping that one day Raymond will show up? <laughs> I uh, I sort of made my peace with that a long time ago because I did. <laughs> part of me was like, oh my gosh, Firestorm next! But they made this big promise that no one would appear on Arrow with superpowers. Well, that for that promise, <laughs> by the way. Well, but, I, um, well, I think they. Always knew they were gonna change that, but uh, yeah, I get what you yeah. mean. So, so, so I never assumed Firestorm would, but I've always kind of hoped that Ed Raymond, which was Ronnie's father, who eventually she married, I always kind of hoped he would show up and be sort of maybe, maybe a romantic interest to sort of, you know, create some dramatic love triangle tension. Yeah, and she, and and then you know because you know to give some puns to his. Um, you know his uh, little background. Just being like, "Oh, you're so warm and hot, and <laughs> like, you're like you're like a fire on storm." And no, that's oh. uh, okay. Um, <laughs> that's a groaner. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about Caitlin Snow on the yep. show now. As far as we know, okay. So what we know is that Panda Baker is going to be playing Caitlin Snow, a highly intelligent bioengineering expert who lost her fiance during an explosion at Star Labs, and that's it. Hmm. 
Now let well, me ask you this: the Star Labs is consistent because Caitlin Snow is a scientist yeah. working. So yeah, they, um, they they mention her as a highly intelligent bioengineering expert, and because of ta- that, Panda Baker's Panda Baker's age, I suppose she's also a young version. So maybe that, that works. Um, now this husband that they make they mention is there. No, no husbands in the comics for any of the Killer Frosts. Okay. Crystal, Crystal was single. Louise was single. Uh, Lauren, we never really knew. And Caitlin's single. Yeah, that's new. Okay. Uh, well, and also something I need to remind a lot of you people is that some people have misunderstood that, that when they said that um, Cisco Ramon and Caitlin Snow were coming to Arrow, they all assumed that Wipe and Killer Frost are beco- going to be coming. And once again, no, 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 no. They are not in their comic book part, comic book counterpart as of yet. They're, they're human, they're scientists at Star Labs, young scientists as far as I know because of their age. And um, so, no, and I don't even know if... Now, let me, let's talk about this question and speculation because that's fun as well. Yeah. Do you think there will ever be a time that they will turn... Her into Killer Frost, and would you like her? Would would you like them to turn her into Killer Frost? Yes, and yes. Um, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna cast that character with that name, I think it's just a matter of time till it happens. Um, it seems to me that one of the things they've done is rather than go with Captain Cold, a very traditional Flash villain, it seems like they're setting us up for Killer Frost instead. And again, that may just be. They looked at their cast and said, wow, all of Flash's rogues are guys, with the exception of Golden Glider, which doesn't really make any sense as a villain anyway. Um, don't I'm, hate me, Flash I, fans. I, I, I was kidding. I, I, I like I'm Golden not, Glider. <laughs> okay, here's, here's something. I haven't heard that name in a long, long time. What, her name? Golden Glider. It's been well, such she, a long time. Well, she's um she's been in the recent stories of Flash. Um, I know. The thing is, I'm... I'm only at volume two of the Flash, uh huh. So I'm just starting to discover her. Okay, all right. Well, she um she appeared relatively recently in the New Fifty Two stuff, so she's been back around, thankfully. But um, I don't know that she would really work as a character on a TV show. Whereas cold based powers is very easy to do, and well, not easy, but I mean it's it's very doable on television. So I think what maybe what they did is they looked at the potential villains for the show. And said, you know what? We need some diversity here. We need some female characters. What can we do? And maybe they, they, you know, unplugged Captain Cold and plugged in Killer Frost instead. So that's my suspicion. Yes, I think she'll become Killer Frost. It, it, it just seemed. Why would you put her in the show if you're not going to do that? It's kind of my thought. And um, you know, let, let, since we're playing the speculation game, let's take it a step further. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe her husband is Len Snart, whose whose secret identity is Captain Cold. And maybe he's not dead. Maybe everyone just thinks he is. And he died, or I mean, he disappeared in some sort of cold accident. And he shows up with cold powers instead. Maybe that'll be it. Oh my god, you just blew my mind. <laughs> I read a lot of comics. So, I, d- uh, I didn't think of... Because here's the, well, here's the thing. I said to a lot of people that um, they, they keep asking me, why they are they bringing K- Killer Frost instead of Captain Call? I'm like, well, who said that we won't get a Killer Frost? Uh, we won't get both. I th- I think Captain Cold. They, I think they want to save him for later, um, and once again, guys, I have no inside information. This is just what I think. I think they will save Captain Cold for later, but that's an interesting question. Well, it's just like they've introduced uh, the character of Eddie Thrawn 
I mean, he's he's got to become a reverse Flash or, or Zoom at some point, I would assume. Well, when you have this kind of description, a recent transfer to Central City Police Department whose past is a mystery and who harbors a dark secret, yeah, I think he... <laughs> I think there may be a chance that he may actually... He's going to the dark side. <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah, and um, it's it's oh, it's gonna be so hard to see that gorgeous face turn turn evil. Like he has such a nice smile, and okay, I'm I'm back. Sorry, um, <laughs> we lost you for a moment there. Yeah, you 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 did because I, I started lo- looking at it, one of his photos um, from the article. But uh, no, but um, yeah, here's the thing. I think it could take a while before. I think the she may actually be a villain they save for later. I think she's gonna be. A support, I think she's actually be part of Team Flash, to be honest. Well, she might be part of a, a love triangle between um, Barry, Iris, and and her. I um, think that's also the reason why they brought her in because some people are wondering, well, where's Patty's, where's Patty? And I'm like, yeah. Well, maybe she they're using this character instead. Could I, be. Oh, or I don't know. I just guess that Patty would be so much like Felicity that it would be overkill to have both. Felicity and Patty, who's mm. like from what I've read uh, from Patty in the comics, you know, I could see them making her like the Felicity S character of Flash. Yeah, you're right. She she would end up in that role even if they didn't want it that way. They would need somebody to be the the talking computer, if you will. The talking, so, yeah. the talking computer. Well, yeah, I've heard that before. It's it, there, there's a Doctor Who reference. Uh, if you if anybody watched Doctor Who, the oh, tin I love I love Doctor Who. The tin the tin dog. Somebody's got to be the tin dog who explains K-9? everything to the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love K9. I love K9. He's great. Andrew Kreisberg, you're a fan of the Doctor Who. If you listen to this podcast, can you just bring in a reference to K9 on the on the Flash? <laughs> um, All right, so I'll, I'll have to plug it. I, I in addition to doing a, a Firestorm and Aquaman podcast, which I'll, I also do a Doctor Who podcast. I'm part of the Who True Freaks over on the Two True Freaks Network. So send me a link after that because I I, I could use a good Doctor Who podcast. I can't promise you it's a good Doctor Who podcast, but it is a Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> well, since you, well, since you're part of it, and, and I heard you tonight, uh, I'm, I'm, quite, I, I would, I think I would love it quite a lot. So, uh, what that, else? That, that, that was a compliment. So, just I, so, I appreciate it. I thank you very uh, much. Good, good. I was like, oh my god, he's not noticing yet. No, uh, no, I totally picked up on it. I was trying to be uh, subtle. <laughs> yeah, um, well, that's something I do often. Well, they say she's a highly intelligent bioengineering expert. That's a new thing because she worked with, um, oh my God, what's the word? Uh, she worked. She, what, what did she, What did she work Th- with? Thermodynamics. Yeah, that's that's not that's not bioengineering, is it? No, not at all. But uh, there's a couple different areas. I mean, first of all, in comic books, one of the beauties is if you're a scientist and supposedly you're good at anything with science, which is kind of <laughs> funny. Uh-huh. You just look at Hank Pym. He apparently can do anything with science. But also having her use a biogenetics, that that translates to me that she's going to be making supervillains by accident. She's going to be experimenting with people's DNA. And, Oops! I gave this person I don't know weather powers, or this person you know spinning powers, or you know whatever. That would, that's how I would go with that. So oh, that's a good, good fear. Do you think Star Labs is going to operate like operate like Oscorp is currently doing in the Amazing Spider-Man movies as the center of the creation of villains? Mm. It seems like they'll be connected. Either they'd be accidentally create them, or they now. It also, would, you know, that depends if Star Labs ends up being sort of shady. You know, if there's some questionable side to it, which in these series always seems to be. It's sort of like, uh, you know, in Smallville, a lot of the stuff came out of Luther Corps or Luther Tech or whatever it was called. It was Luther Corps, Luther Corps first, and then it became like Scorpion series finale. That's right. That's right. 
So uh, here's a thought too. Hmm? So Caitlin Snow, scientist working for Star Labs, whose husband's dead. Isn't that pretty much the same description of Tina McGee in the old Flash show? Now you mentioned that's correct. Yeah. Now I can't remember if her husband was dead or just estranged. I don't remember what the deal there was. I but, think um, I think he was dead. I know she definitely was estranged from her husband in the comic book. Um, I just don't remember what the deal was in the show. And I may, be, I may be off base. Maybe she didn't even have a husband in the TV show. But I definitely remember the comic she did. So, I don't know. It just kind of struck me. I'm like, oh, I wonder if she'll be the Tina McGee character in the series. Yeah, I I would not be surprised if she's actually going to help Barry a lot in the first couple of episodes. Or if she's actually one of the first saves that he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And or maybe, or maybe it's the situation where she becomes Killer Frost, but comes back from it. True. Yeah, maybe, maybe that'll be a thing. You mentioned Hive uh, in your mm-hmm. in your um, uh, in your discussion. Uh, we Diggle has mentioned Hive. We've we've seen the name. Really, that's interesting. Yeah, there's an ep- episode six of Arrow this season, and at the end of the episode, he's lying in bed. He's done his. You know, he's had his business with um, Lila, Lila Michaels, and he's um, tapping on, he's touching on his phone, and he and he types in Hive. Was that suggesting he's a Hive agent? No, no, no. I'm just wondering, do you think, because you mentioned uh, Caitlin and Hive in the same yeah. context, do you think that she may be involved with that as well at some point during the show? That could be a good foil for Flash and Star Labs. I mean, they would be basically an evil scientific organization. Uh, maybe ri- maybe a rival to you know an illegal rival to Star, and Barry has to you know bust up a Hive cell or something like that. I mean that's one of the beauties of Hive is that it it's a it's a sort of generic supervillain um, science group sort of like AIM and Marvel, and so they can have little groups here and they can do something and get stopped, and then that never that doesn't mean there can't be another group of Hive agents over here. So it's the kind of villain you can always bring back, so it would work well in a, in a Flash TV show. Yeah, and you know what? Because of our discussion, I'm starting to feel more and more sense of why this character was actually added. I think that because I didn't know who she was, I just knew that, oh, she becomes Killer Frost one day, but, you know, whoop-de-doo. So <laughs> I just feel, but yeah, now I, I, you know what? I actually see more logic now of having this character on this show, and with a talent like Panabaker, it's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, it's funny. I, I sat there, when I first saw her picture, uh, besides being sort of catching my breath and going, wow, she's stunning. Uh, I had to sit there and think, where do I know her? Where do I know her? And it took me forever. The place I know her from is the movie Sky High, uh, which I've seen numerous times with my kids. They love it. And uh, it's a fun movie. I don't know if you've never seen it or not. I Sky haven't. High. It's a fun movie. It's a superhero film and with sort of tongue-in-cheek a little bit. And she's a, she's a plant manipulator. She manipulates plants. So it's a fun film. Oh, I, I, so she's going from poison ivy to kill. Yeah. Fr- okay, that's yeah, cool. basically yeah. She's played both. So well, the thing I saw her in was uh, Friday Thirteenth, damn the new one. Oh, okay. Which was uh, she was she and she played the character of um, of Jenna. Mm-hmm. And it was quite a good movie. I I I crapped my pants of course after the first twenty minutes or something, but <laughs> lovely imagery. Thank you. No, I did. I like not literally, <laughs> but like mentally. I know, which, which I know. okay, did that that did not make things better, but uh, but she, <laughs> but you know she has a little sister, who was actually one of the main stars of uh, Greg Belanti, who is one of the creators of Arrow and now Flash, uh, his show No Ordinary Fam- No Ordinary Family on ABC. 
Huh. So, so she's the second Panamaker to join the Berlanti universe, if you want to call it that. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so I, 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 I've seen her before, and I think I, I may have seen her on something else. I just remember her face, uh, and I feel confident in her as an actress. So I think she's going to... I think she's gonna do a good job, and I think she's. Um, and I'm looking forward to see how Panda Baker is gonna be like. Yeah, you know, the more I, the more I think about it, and, and sitting here talking with you, I bet you're right. I bet you she's gonna be a positive supporting character for quite a while. I still think the Killer Frost thing's got to come in at some point, but I think she's gonna be a positive supporting character. Part of it is because when she is on the screen and she smiles, she lights up the whole room. She just. She has so much energy and so much, not bubbliness, that's probably not a fair term, but she just is a bright person. When she's smiling, it just, everything's better. Yeah. And having that on the screen, it's sort of hard to pay, pay, paint her as a, a villain. She would be a great sort of upbeat character to have when things are upbeat. And of course, you know, she can do serious when it's serious too. But um, I just, I had forgotten about how much she just, just is wonderful, has a wonderful smile. Yeah, and Miss Panamaker, if you're listening to this episode, you're welcome to come onto the podcast anytime, and we're we're really excited to see your character come to life. You know, it's 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 Killer Frost's first live action appearance. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, for you, that must be something you know really exciting. You know, if, you know, potentially if it does happen, because you know, we, it, I I if I think they will scale it down a little bit on the Killer Frost, you know, appearance. Um, she, I'm sure she's gonna have eyes looking skin when she becomes that um but you describe her when she was sucking heat out of like it was not literally as a vampire right no one of her favorite ways to do it is to kiss a guy i mean it makes a great visual for tv she walks up she kisses a guy and the heat sucked through the lips i mean you don't see the sucking action but you see her kiss and the guy looks to suddenly be in pain and sort of just crumples and freezes you know, as a girl, she could do some kissing there. That'd be kind of hot, too, in the modern-day television. Uh, or she could just hold him by the hands and do it or whatever. So, Yeah, and, um, yeah, guys, if you want to follow her on Twitter, follow her at ThePanabaker. And tell her that the Flash Podcast sent you. That would be nice. I miss saying. But, uh, yeah, do you have anything else to say about Kaden Snow? Um, no, just looking forward to it. She'll be the second... Firestorm character to uh, make it to live action, you know. Felicity Smoke being first, Caitlin Snow being second. Hooray! Do you think they will cross paths? Um, you know, given Arrow and Flash's connection, it could happen, but I mean, I don't think anyone but me is going to put that connection together and go, hey, two Firestorm characters! <laughs> and then they will be like, something is wrong here. We're supposed to be fighting about someone, or fighting, <laughs> talking about someone, some, somebody hot. Um, yeah. I don't know. But, um, but, Shaq, please tell our re- listeners where, you, where they can find you on the Internet. Sure. Uh, you can find me uh, primarily at firestormfan.com. And uh, as Andy mentioned, I do have a podcast. It's the Fire and Water Podcast. You can find that on iTunes or Stitcher. And amongst our Fire and Water podcast, we, we talk about um, – it's actually a team-up. It's the Firestorm Fan blog teaming up with the Aquaman Shrine team uh, blog. So it's two sort of – uh, not A-list characters teaming up to make a podcast, which is a lot more fun than it should be, honestly. So uh, check it out. It's, it's Firestorm and Aquaman, the Firewater Podcast. And then about once a month, we go um, sort of off track and we explore one issue of the Who's Who comic from the 80s. You may remember the Who's Who directory, um, definitive directory of the DC Universe. 
was a A to Z series in the 80s where they covered all the characters in the DC universe. And we literally go through it issue by issue, page by page. And shockingly as it sounds, that has proven to be some of the most popular podcasts we put out there. Who's Who has a huge following. People love that book. So anyway, iTunes and Stitcher, Fire and Water Podcast. Uh, if you're in the social medias, uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Google+, all under Firestorm Fan. Feel free to follow or like or send me a comment or whatever. I'm, I'm out there. Love to chat with folks. So uh, I appreciate being on the show. I'm looking forward to Flash, and I'm looking forward to more episodes of your podcast. Yeah, and, I'm, and I hope to have you back at some point. I'm sure we... I'm sure uh, the t- the day when she be- when she becomes killer for us, you're gonna be calling my neck and saying, "Let me up behind the pocket. We need to talk about this. We need to talk about the costume. We need to talk about." Yeah, no, but I I was uh, it was an honor to have you on, and uh, yeah, th- these characters, spotlights, you know, you guys, you're really enjoying it. It seems, and uh, you know, you know, keep keep tuning in because you know we're you know we're not even halfway through. So, um, but yeah, uh, until next week, guys. I'm Andrew Bright, and I will see you on the Flash Podcast. <laughs>